Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Well, let me tell you about Goal Zero. Goal Zero is the leader in affordable generators and home backup systems. They offer a simple, easy solution for when the power blackouts hit, and they're coming this summer. So you can keep your home up and running using clean energy. Their systems power critical circuits in your home, like the freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more, with clean power. No fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance, unlike gas generators. Not to mention, Goal Zero is portable, so you can take the power on the go as needed for camping, tailgating, and more. They offer a range of products and affordable price points to meet your needs. From power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or even three days. You can easily monitor and manage your power right from your phone with the Goal Zero app. They offer best-in-class service with a U.S.-based service team that provides the highest level of technical and customer support. It's Goal Zero, right, Gary? Make sure your power stays on with Goal Zero. Learn more at GoalZero.com. Check out their affordable power stations, solar generators, and home backup systems today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, some breaking news this week. Billy Miller confirmed that he has left the role of GH's Drew. So, Billy posted a heartfelt goodbye message online via his manager, Marnie Sparer, where he thanked the fans and said he was grateful for their support and encouragement. And, you know, our Facebook page was just flooded with messages for him, wishing him well and thanking him for everything he brought to the show. You know, Billy's done primetime work, so so many of them are hoping to see him in a new project soon. And he is no stranger to other daytime shows, having played YNR's Billy for six years, where he won three Emmys. Yeah, I was out in Los Angeles this past weekend for General Hospital's fan club weekend, and the subject of Billy came up a lot, as you would imagine, at various events, because, of course, fans wanted to know what was up. Uh, among the actors on the show, I would say that the sentiment was really similar to the Facebook comments you just mentioned. There was a high confidence that it's not going to be too long before we see him somewhere else, be it primetime, daytime, or film, and he has, you know, credits in all, all three. 
So when he was first hired, we had heard rumblings that the show was deciding between making him Jason and making him Dylan Quartermain, which had previously been played by Scott Clifton, who is now B&B's Liam. Now, I don't know if it's true, but I do remember hoping that they would make him Dylan, mainly because I feel there are certain roles that should never be recast, and Jason is certainly on that list for me. You know, plus I felt that Dylan was a little closer to what Billy had played on Y&R, and I felt he could have been a really seamless reboot of that character. And it also would have done a lot to fortify the cues at the time who were a little light on the canvas. You know, the character of Jason just came with such different baggage and not that Billy didn't do a great job. He most certainly did. But I feel that there could have been more success if he just hadn't played that role. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that that was one of the most high-risk recasts a show has undertaken, certainly in recent years and maybe ever. You know, Jason was sort of vanilla in his early years of being played by Steve Burton, but when that car accident and brain damage story came into play uh, and Jason Quartermain, you know, morphed into Jason Morgan, he became iconic. Mm -hmm. And Steve Burton's blue eyes giving that stone-cold stare became so iconic that when he returned and was wearing that Patient 6 mask, the show knew it would be sufficient just to show his eyes peeking Mm -hmm. through that mask. And the audience would know, uh, you know, the message here is that Jason is back. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about how Billy was utilized, be it as Jake Doe, Jason, or as Drew, his current incarnation. But to your point, yeah, I think that making him Dylan would have leaped over a lot of the obstacles that the show faced in trying to recast Jason. And I know I've said this so many times over the past year on the podcast, but I am just not a big fan of recasts in general. And I am really not on board with recasting roles that are so identified with the actors who have played them. Like off the top of my head, I couldn't see another actor but Maurice Bernard playing G.H. Sonny or anyone but Allison Sweeney playing Days of Sammy or Christian Alfonso playing Hope, not to mention Eric Braden as Weiner's Victor or Joshua Morrow as Nick or even John McCook as B&B's Eric. You know, I definitely put Steve Burton and Jason into that category and I get the temptation of having a really good high-profile actor at your disposal and seeing the value of having a major character return, but it puts such an onus and expectation on the actor coming in that I often wonder if it's really worth it. I look at it this way, like that even when it generally works, by which I mean that fan sentiment seems generally to be favorable toward the recast, you are never going to win over all of the original performers fan base and the comparisons to the original actor are probably never going to end. Uh, Look at what happens when an original actor does return, like nine times out of 10, uh, the recast either is out of a job altogether or they are assigned to another character. Like we've seen this repeatedly. Uh, Billy Miller, as we discussed, Drake Hogeson going from Roman to John on days, Trevor St. John going from Todd to Victor on One Life to Live. I I would also say that these kinds of recasts are often more successful if a lot of time has passed. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar made such an impact on the All My Children canvas as Kendall, and she left in 1995. The show didn't recast until like late 2001 with Alicia Minshew, which I think helped the show, uh, the show's audience accept a reinvented version of the character. Speaking of All My Children, ABC created a whole campaign about rehiring Rebecca Buddy as Greenlee with commercials touting that the real Greenlee was back, which just proves the point that there is rarely a stronger portrayer than the role's originator. You know, Robert Kelker Kelly was a very successful Bo recast on Days, but when Peter Reckle came back in 1995, you know, all bets were off. But I think it also sometimes depends on how long someone has played the role. I mean, Patrick Muldoon was Days' first Austin, but he was only there for three years. So then Austin Peck took over and he was there for eight years. So when Patrick 
returned in 2011, like he kind of didn't feel like Austin anymore. Right. That's true. And I, you know, I also want to say that I understand, and I know you do too, why it is that execs roll the dice and try to find a suitable replacement for characters like the ones we're discussing, because what they all have in common is that they are major players on the canvas of their show and their absences leave a noticeable void. You know, either they're a key member of an important family or they're in a big deal romance or all of the above. Um, When a show has built big story around a character, especially over the course of many years and the actor leaves, I think the creatives at a show have as hard a time letting go sometimes as the fans do. Uh, But of course, it's never as simple as just plugging actor A into the role actor B made famous. Like it may be from a storytelling perspective, but in terms of audience response, it's likely to be an uphill battle. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, our guest today is no stranger to the topic at hand. She first hit daytime in 1994 as YNR Phyllis. And although she was briefly recast for a very brief period of time after she left in 1997, she then returned for a 13-year stretch. So after a visit to Port Charles as Nina, Michelle Stafford is back playing the role that first put her on the daytime map. So let's get her on the phone to talk about her journey. Hi, Michelle. Hi, girls. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. All right. So, Michelle, you're actually the first guest we have had back on the podcast uh, who is talking about a different role than the one we spoke to them last time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm honored. Okay. So, like, you would really have to be living under a rock to not know that you are now back at YNR playing Phyllis again. Um, So, let's go back to when you left the show in 2013. Um, At the time... Did you think okay. you'd be back? No. No. Like you like you were done. You said <laughs> goodbye to I Phyllis. Got more, yeah. yeah, thank you. It was great to talk to you. We'll <laughs> talk to you again yeah, soon. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know, I didn't. I really didn't. Um I believe I was on the cover of your magazine and I believe that uh the title was I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> if memory serves, that's very accurate. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't think I'd be back. Um, you know, as you know, I, I was really, um, I really felt like I played it out. Like I played the character out and I was even, I was talking to Eric the other day and I was, you know, we were just kind of discussing the the last few years and coming back and stuff. And I said, you know, I was never done with YNR. I I loved it here. I, I made that very clear. I loved it here and I loved all the people. And, um, uh, I, I was really like, I just felt like the, like, um, you know, the character, I kind of, you know, it's, it ran its course with me creatively is what I felt at the time. Yeah. So fast forwarding, you know, six years later and with the passage of time and stretching your wings, obviously playing Nina on General Hospital, when this came back up, like what appealed to you about the idea of returning to the show as Phyllis? Well, you know, honestly, um, when I, I was called and I, I was talked to by a few people, I was spoken to. Do I say spoken to? I was spoken to. That sounds better. Um, by a few, <laughs> by a few people here. Um, uh, 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 there, there seemed to be like a new, um, for lack of a better, rejuvenation for the show by all involved, by Sony, by CBS, by by uh, the guys here at, at the show. And um, they really uh, felt that, uh, that the show had gone off course with what really it, 
what had made it so special. Um, and regardless of anything, Y&R, everyone, I think, in daytime can agree that it's a very special show, meaning, you know, it, it looks beautiful. Um, the sets are beautiful. There's a certain, um, we would call it like in Jerry Guire, Jerry Maguire, he goes, a certain schwa or whatever. What is that? I mean, I've seen that movie a lot, but I don't know. What, what a we, certain je ne sais quoi? Know, is that you know, what we're when, looking for? I, well, yeah. I mean, it's bad, but, but, no. but Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, makes up a word. Uh, and well, I'll watch it again, and I'll get back All to right, you, okay? Call, just why don't you go watch it now and call back? <laughs> we'll just wait. Okay. <laughs> we'll wait. Um, but there's a certain special something, and um, I got the feeling that they had felt that that had... Um, that had been, uh, you know, um, not part of the show. And they were trying in, in every way, in every department, um, they really wanted to get back to uh, the Bill Bell style storytelling um, and, you know, the Bill Bell style of a show, but make it current because you always have to kind of change with the times. But Bill, you, as you guys both know, he was so brilliant. I mean, it's called the young and the restless, right? He was so incredible at bringing in youth and um, intertwining youth into um, what one would not think be youthful, right? I don't want to say, I mean, I'm not youthful, but you know, we we don't want to use the word that's on the opposite of that spectrum. Okay. (laughs) Right. That's the opposite (laughs) of youthful, right? But um, like intertwining all stories into each other. And um, there was such there was such a passion and excitement here at the show and it's still here um, of, you know, from, from everybody involved, everybody who's part of the show, like I said, you know, CBS and the the guys here at the show and also Sony and, and, you know, they just, uh, and, and that, that really was the main reason I, you know, because I mean, Bill Bell is Bill Bell and to be on any, any kind of show that's, that's going to be like he wanted uh, stories to unfold is pretty great. Okay. Well, so what was your preparation for the character like? Um, you know, had you kept tabs on what Phyllis was up to? Did you research what she'd been up to? Yeah, I, I you know, I didn't watch it except um, when I would judge the Emmy submissions. That's when I would see it. And um, uh, so I, I didn't know about, or I'd see like on social media, like, uh, previews, you know, and I would click on and be like, Oh, what's going on? You know? Um, but that, that's when I would see it. I didn't really see a whole show, but when, when I, I, you know, when we made the agreement, you know, for me to come back, I, I, I mean, I think I've spoken about this, but, um, I, I watched everything I could watch back to, I got the app, I got CBS app, uh, watch app and I watched everything I could. So I, I watched every show back to August of last year because I just wanted to get also a tone of the show because you can like study a character, but you also have to kind of, you know, get a tone of like, you know, what's the harmonic of the character when, when that particular character interacts with another, um, what's, and, and so what's the tone of the show, what, what it looks like. And, and so I, I watched it and then I read, as I've spoken about before, but I read every single, um, synopsis from the time that uh, Phyllis came back in 2014 
and uh, I believe it, yeah, 2014 to present. And, and um, it took a while, you know, like I, I, it was weeks before and, and I just, you know, after I put the kids to, to bed, I read, I read uh, what I could and I'd probably read like the synopsis, probably maybe, you know, 35 or something, 35 or 50 a night. Wow. So did it feel like you knew these people or you didn't? No, I mean, I, I got it. I was reading, you know, I was really reading as, as you know, I'm not a viewer because that wouldn't make sense that I'm reading as a viewer, right? But, but you know what I mean. Like I'm reading as someone who's, you know, kind of understanding the show. I knew the characters. Um, and, and so, no, I got it. It was like, oh, okay. So, you know, and people like, there were some people that I was like, who is that? Because they would be referred to her or, you know, she would be talking the, the synopsis because it wasn't the whole script. It was just the synopsis, right. Of like what happened in this scene, what happened in this scene. And there were characters that I'd be like, who is this person? And then I'd even, you know, like, uh, I came back here and I asked someone, they were like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> A blip. I'm not going to say who it is, but I'd be like, do you know who blah is? And because it was in that person's storyline too. And they're like, no, <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> so with all of that kind of under your belt and you're getting ready for your first day back, did you like nurse any anxiety about like finding the character again, finding Phyllis's voice? Oh God, totally. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I mean, I still am not there. I, I'm still, I'm still, um, finding it. Uh, yeah. Oh God, for sure. I mean, it's, a, I, it's a new job. It is truly a new job. And I would even, I even said to Josh when I was doing something, I, I said, I'm sorry, it's all new. And, and he just started laughing. Right. And, and I said, but dude, it, it is, it's a new job. Um, it's, uh, you know, the relationships with others are new too. I mean, I haven't worked with them in, in six years. So, so yeah, it's all new. And, um, and, and of course you're always thinking, oh God, is this going to be the worst mistake of, of my life or people, am I just going to crash and burn? And which, which brings me to, you know, just, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do, which is, you know, memorize my lines, know where my mark is and, and do the best job I know how to do and not really listen to anything else. And I've really kept, I've kept that, you know, as an integrity uh, point um, to the to me coming here because um, I just didn't you know it, it it's it's also you know not Phyllis isn't the nicest chick on the block right and so you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of I hate you <laughs> and and gosh I, I just <laughs> you you can't be affected by that you can't be desired to be liked of course you know uh, it's now they're writing it a certain way where, she, yeah, she's she's kind of a badass, you know. <laughs> she's kind of a badass, and and she's not necessarily good. I mean, she's human, so she feels things, and she does something that she feels is wrong. She feels bad, but but she's I wouldn't say, she feels as a bad girl. She's just a bad girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it like to walk back into the studio again after such a long gap? So bizarre. 
it was just really like I, I think I was shaking when I when I drove into the parking lot. I think I was like literally shaking. I, I came in first for um, a fitting, and I came. In, that was like probably like four days before I was to start here, but um, I came in for a fitting, and it was it was very bizarre. And one of the other things that was so bizarre is that nothing really had changed, which of course made it more bizarre because six years had gone by. And I was thinking, how, how could nothing change? <laughs> and, um, and people looked great. Like everybody looked really good. People had lost weight. <laughs> Describe your first day. Like, so when you actually did go back and now you're reporting to work and you've been there before in life, but not, you know, this is like your second time around what, or third time around, right. actually, what did it feel like? Uh, God, it is my third time around. Jeez. Uh, it, um, it, it just felt weird. It felt weird. But again, I didn't want to like pay attention to that. I, because then you're like, oh, it feels weird. And then that starts affecting your performance. I just, you know, it was a job, you know, and I think it probably helped that I only had a week in between jobs. I ended off on a Friday at general hospital and um, started, I believe, the following Friday here. All right. So, so you you shake a little bit on the way in. Now you're there. Uh, tell us about like you know reuniting with some of your castmates on set. You're like your first day, like officially in Phyllis's skin again. Like I don't, um, uh, you know, seeing seeing Peter Bergman and Josh Morrow and Laura yeah. Lee, like your your people. Well, I had I had kept in contact with all of those people, with Peter, with um, with Josh, and with Laura Lee. So it wasn't like, oh my god, you know. Um, uh, I I hadn't, not that I didn't want to, but I hadn't really kept in contact with Mel or with Sharon um, or Amelia because I, you know, I don't know. We just didn't, you know. It's not. There's nothing to read into that. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was really cool. It, it was sort of like, um, you know, six, six years go by and a lot of life happens, right. Um, to all of us and from, from life, you know, you're, you change. And I, a lot of life has happened in the last six years for me. And so the, the interesting thing about it is uh, a couple of people have like spoken to me and there's, this is not a criticism at all. I just think it's interesting. I've sort of spoken to me like I'm the girl who started here, you know, uh, in my twenties, you know, and, uh, and it's funny because I'm like, Oh, I'm still that person to them. And, and, and yeah, of course I am. I, I'm still the person I was when I left to them. Um, and you kind of have to reintroduce yourself as to who you are now. And, and that's, you know, that's a, um, that's a, a bit of a, you know, journey to do that, you know, and get to know people again. But, um, you know, everybody's so cool here and, and lovely, which I've said like a gazillion times, everybody, it is family. I mean, what I, I had a very interesting conversation with Peter about this. And when we were talking after, um, the death of Christoph and, um, we were just saying how this group and on these shows 
it's more family than you realize, you know, and I will stop because I'll just, of course, start to cry, but it's like, it really is. It's just, it's, it's family, like any other family working or personal, you know, or related, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, you also are working with Hunter King again, who was, I feel like a baby when you left. So different. You know, what's it like to play the mother-daughter dynamic again? Oh, she's adorable. I mean, she's great. She's a pro. She comes from a working family, you know, um, an artist family, actors. And her sister um, is an incredible actress, too. And she's just so much fun, so professional, you know, completely on point. And, and, uh, you know, and, and we just, we're creating, you know, our relationship again. And, um, and she just, and you know, she's awesome. Cause she always laughs at my jokes, which is you got to love someone like that. Yeah. That's a big, <laughs> big plus. It is. We like that. We like that. Um, we've seen <laughs> that, uh, you have had scenes to share with Eva LaRue, which was a long time coming, I feel like. What was that like? Yeah. Oh, so I mean, we just go back because of all the time that we spent in daytime and, and seeing each other. And, you know, and people, it, it, it's like, you know, now there's four shows. So everybody's pretty much worked with each other. Even the crew, they're like, oh, I used to work with Blah on As the World Turns, and you, you worked with her on, on General Hospital. Like, everybody knows each other pretty much at this point. And so, you know, Eva and I, we're, you know, we just, we already have, like, a friendship. So I really liked our scenes because we kind of brought that onto the screen. And it was really, it was truly the two of us talking about being mothers truly <laughs> they were really well-written mother scenes and uh so it, they were very fun they're very fun and you know Eva's a very good actor she's very very natural very natural like I love to watch her work because she makes everything just very easy and those are usually the really good actors where you can't really see them acting mm-hmm. well we look forward to seeing mm-hmm. you in scenes together then um, yes. um, you know, it's interesting to me that you said you felt like you still haven't necessarily like you're, you don't necessarily feel like you're super like back as Phyllis yet. I have to say I got the real old school feels when I saw the scenes between, uh, you, the, your first scenes with Laura Lee Bell and the snark and oh you know, that kind of old dynamic. <laughs> Are there scenes that have felt, you know, or moments where you felt like, ah, this is, this is familiar and I got this. Well, that one, definitely, that one, for sure. I mean, that scene on paper, I'm reading it, and I'm like, this chick is out of control. My God. (laughs) I mean, like, she was out of freaking control. And I think also that Phyllis, I mean, with all everything that she played since 1994, um, all of that, I mean, that runs deep. That's the essence of who Phyllis is. I mean, we cannot forget that Phyllis met Danny. She zeroed in on Danny. She was a total star groupie. I mean, that's, and she wanted to be with the wealthy, you know, rich guy, star, movie star, you know, stage star and rock star. Like she wanted, and she would do anything to get what she wants. I mean, she's resourceful and smart and, um, 
And, you know, Laura Lee, cricket was her roadblock. That was her first roadblock. And, um, and I think it's really necessary. That relationship is really necessary to who, to who the character is, Phyllis, the character Phyllis. But that, that oh. scene, that scene was very much, um, there, there have been a couple scenes where I'm like, oh, this relationship is very different. You know, like, um, not, not that the writing is necessarily different, but that through the years, the last five years, when the amazing Gina Tonioni was playing the, the role, um, that the, the dynamic changed. It just did. And, and those, those are, you know, scenes with, um, that I noticed the the Phyllis Jack scenes are are the dynamic is slightly different than I I remember, and um and the uh, the Phyllis Nick scenes are very different. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but I mean Sharon, I I also felt like the Sharon Sharon uh, Phyllis scenes were very were were very like I really got into those easily too, and um, and so did Sharon. So, so like, I really love those two. I like the dynamic between these women, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also working a lot with newcomer Mark Grossman as Adam. How has that Uh been? Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's, he's been, as you guys can see, he's been, oh, really given uh, a very, very big job. And he's, he, like, he has so much dialogue and it's like he's changing the canvas for a bunch of other characters, right? Too. So, I mean, he's just done a really great job. He is completely professional. Really um, comes here prepared with an idea of what to do. He's he's really an amazing actor, and I think in just scenes to come, you're just going to see him um, grow more and 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 do more, more things and, and make Adam more his own. You know what I mean? Um, he's mm-hmm. terrific. He's very good. And I really like working. Um, so you recently sported some really nice active wear as uh, Phyllis. Um, <laughs> you do have like an amazing wardrobe. Um, so when you walk in to, for the day and you see like Phyllis is working out and that's what she's going to be wearing, like what's your first reaction? Um, Usually, I'm. I get someone says, "Hey, you're going to be wearing a bathing suit or something." I, I that day I was not told, and I should have noticed it. But a lot of times I don't read the bold print, you know, because a lot of times in the bold print it'll it'll say Phyllis is infuriated, and you're like, really infuriated by that, you know? Like a lot right. of times I I so I just have learned through the years, <laughs> through the years to not really like like pay attention to my. So I missed it when I was memorizing lines that she was, and, uh, you know, I, I think I spoke, I, I, I felt, I looked at it and I was like, yo, like I could have, I could have gone to the gym a couple of times before that. That's how I feel though. That's how I feel. Cause we're always like the most critical of our own bodies and just let me be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you looked amazing. And I feel like there, I can't name one other woman in daytime who has actually, I don't know, worn something that was so maybe revealing of late. So right. And it was gray and it was gray. Like they gave me an option, either the purple or gray. And I was like, damn, it's not even black. (laughs) (laughs) 
blackest living. So I picked the gray. Um, so, yeah, hey, what the hell? What the hell? Like, Phyllis, I always made the decision. I made this decision early on that Phyllis doesn't work out, that she just, like, like eats whatever she wants, and she's that person who never needs to work out. I made that decision. <laughs> I like that. It makes her, it makes her just a little more yeah. hateable. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it totally. puts the onus on you to to, to uh, keep working out so that she can be that way. You have to work yeah, out so yeah, she doesn't like, have to. Well, I mean, listen, like Christian Blanc says, we've been hungry for 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> Only 13? That's It's Christian's line. I'll have him explain it. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, credit, credit where credit is due. Um, Stephanie and I were just talking about like, you know, recasting characters and, and, um, all that goes along with it. And, um, General Hospital, of course, recast the role of Nina with Cynthia Watros. And we were so fascinated about the fact that you guys went to lunch and I'm so curious about how that came about. Like, did you reach out to her or vice versa? Yeah, I did. I re I reached out to her, um, because I knew that she was coming into the role pretty quick and she was picking it up in the middle of the storyline. And not only that, like right before like the apex of a story, right before the climax. Right. And, and so I, I, I got her email and, and I CC'd my boss <laughs> because sometimes people get a little like, wait, why do you want to talk to her? Right. Um, I don't know. They probably wouldn't have been like that, but you know, you got, you got you to save. So, um, and, Right, right. And uh, and I just said, hey, you know, if you got this, it's cool. But I just wanted to reach out and, and, you know, give you any information that you would possibly need. And she emailed me back right away. And she was like, oh, my God, you're, thank you. This is so lovely. I'd love to take you out to lunch. So then we set up a lunch. And, um, and I get, and, you know, had notes. I had notes. I had a bunch of notes for her and, uh, you know, told her really went through every character and what that character meant to Nina, you know, wow. like her brother and the devastation when her brother died and who her mother was and her aunt and like went through every single person, gave her the backstory. And then also really like the essence, like the soul of the character, because it, it's just helpful to an actor. You know, it's just freaking helpful. And she was awesome and amazing. And I've, you know, I, I had never met her, but I'd been a fan of her. She's an incredible actress and a lovely person and really, really a beautiful person. And, um, and like the other day, so we, you know, we text every now and then. The other day I was at the podiatrist for my broken toe. Glamorous. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so fantastic. And it does, by the way, it does smell like feet in there, just so you know. <laughs> I was wondering. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd never been to a podiatrist before. I'm like, damn, it really does smell like feet. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the TV was on and General Hospital was on, then, and it was um, it was a wedding. Who's freaking, oh, it was uh, the Frizz wedding. And, uh, and so I saw her, and she looked amazing. She looked awesome. I couldn't hear her, but it looked awesome. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's, yeah, she's great. She's doing a great job. Wait, so did you text everyone her? Everyone loves her. And yeah, I texted her. I texted her and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I see you. You're on a, at the podiatrist office. <laughs> 
That's amazing. I just want you to know you look awesome. <laughs> yeah, and she's texting back. She's like, oh, great. You know, and she's like, how's it going? So, so yeah, I think it's the right thing. Uh, you know, we're all actors, and we're just trying to make it happen. You know, we're trying to do We're all just trying to do a good job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look back on your GH run, like what storylines stand out to you as ones you really particularly liked that Nina got to be a part of? Um, well, I, I mean, the things that really do stand out to me, um, you know, I, I really loved, I loved the, um, uh, if I'm just going from the B, I, I really loved working with everyone there, but I, I, I loved the, uh, the Nina, the Nina Franco, story. I thought it was so quirky and so different to have these two characters that were basically nuts to everybody kind of fall in love in the mental institution. I just thought, I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they made the choice that she was afraid to have sex. Um, I just like, I thought it was all, whether it was popular or not, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's kind of not my job to, to, know if it's popular, but I mean, I loved playing it. I loved that this, this woman was quirky like that. Um, I loved, uh, I loved the whole relationship with her brother, um, with Jay, who she called Jay Nathan. Um, I just felt like that was such a special thing that, um, me and Ryan created It's I, I, I loved it so much. I loved that, that she had kind of endowed, Jay with the baby that she didn't have, (laughs) you know, like I didn't have a child, but you're basically my child, but he in turn took care of her all the time. Um, what else? I mean, I, I love the, the relationship between Nina and Maxie. I loved it so much. It was fun and funny. And I, I love Kirsten so much. And those are the things that really pop out. And of course, Valentine and Nina, um, uh, it, it's mainly like not so much storyline, but the relationships that Nina had, uh, that I, I, I liked, you know, it's, um, you know, uh, the Valentine, cause Valentine is a scoundrel. He's a bad guy and Nina kind of makes him a good guy, but, um, yeah. I get that storylines come and go, but relationships are forever, Michelle. I know, right? But it's like that's kind of oh that 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 kind of makes a story the story the relationship between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what gives it the stakes usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it gives it, it the 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 joie that the <laughs> the again the thing from from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, TikTok. Where where are you in the movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, you know, in terms of, um, like the friends that you made there, uh, who do you see yourself like staying in touch with? Um, well, I stay in touch. I do stay still stay in touch with M and Kirsten and James and, um, uh, you know, and Cynthia and, um, that's, is that pretty much, oh, and Vanessa Antoine, Vanessa Antoine for sure. Um, and Finola, of course. I mean, of course. That's and your homie. That, that's pretty. I mean, I'll, 
yeah, she's my whole. I mean, I'll always know. Fanola and I will always know each other. And then, you know, I'm going out with uh, a few of the girls from GH to go see a concert next week. And um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, friends are friends. They, they'll stay friends forever just because proximity uh, th- that doesn't stop you from, from being friends and loving someone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, just to bring it home for everybody, I did a little so Google. Um, the word is Quan. Mm. Quan. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Wikipedia, <laughs> for putting Thank the whole you. scene in dialogue. Quan. Quan. I, all right. I'm Quan. gonna. I'm, I'll be interrogating you later about what Google search terms you've used because I'm very interested to know. <laughs> that was very quick. Um, well, you are also busy away from the set of your current soap opera, um, working on both Skin Nation, your beauty line, yeah. and um, I hear you are writing a book. Do tell. Yes, I am. Well, I have a Skin Nation, which is um, skincare and botanical and vegan and really awesome. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm writing a book on how to care for your skin from the inside out because I, and it came from me talking to a lot of our customers and, you know, they, they, you know, I'd FaceTime some of them and they'd say, I'm not, it's not getting better. It's not changing. And I'd see them and I would just have a little idea. I'm like, what are you eating? And, uh, you know, and I, I'm just like, do you drink? And some of them you know, we're, we're on pharmaceuticals, can't, can't do anything about that. They're on necessary medications. And, um, but you know, they're, you know, they're having, they're having their booze or they're smoking cigarettes. And, and I thought, oh shoot, you know, I'm not the moral police. I really make a point to say this too. I'm not the moral police. I don't care what anyone does in their life. I don't care. I really don't. But as far as skincare, if you, if you are, you know, smoking a couple packs a day and, and, you know, you want your wrinkles to go away. It's going to be harder. It's going to be harder to, to care for your skin. So I just thought, you know, a lot of these women, they don't, they don't know. They don't, they don't know what is this, this particular vitamin that, and this vegetable has a huge amount of this this particular vitamin, what is it doing for my skin? So it's really cutting down, like I really put stuff in layman terms. Uh, for people to understand this is the vitamin you need for this. These things have a lot of it. This is exactly what it's doing for your skin. And here are some recipes. It's kind of broken down like that. Super easy to understand because I honestly think you could sit five people down and go, okay, you tell me what is an antioxidant and no one would be able to tell you what it is or what it does for your body. And we hear all these terms like antioxidant, vitamin C, it's really good for your skin, or free radicals, those are bad. But we don't really get why. It's, it, you start reading and it's sort of confusing and like, wait, what? And so I've done just an extensive, in the last two years, an extensive amount of research. To, when, you're, when you're not reading really recaps. Into, when I'm not reading recaps, God, it seems like I have all the time in the world, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, no, it seems like you have children, no time because you, you're always got your nose in it, something to read. Yeah, I kind of have no time. But yeah, that's what the book is about. It's just a real easy, 
you know, an easy read and here's what to do to help your skin and here's what it is, here's what it means, here's what it does for your skin. And by the way, here's some recipes so you can put it into your body. And also super easy recipes, not things that you're going to, I just want it easy because people have no time. You know, I want it really easy for people. Well, I would buy, uh, I would buy anything you were selling when it came to, uh, to skincare. Thank I, you. I would trust okay, your my, expertise. My first customer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. And I do have, I, I do have an, 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 an integrated nutritionist helping me out as well. So it's not just you is the point. No, because I just find that people go, okay, yeah, soap star, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and you need to kind of, you know, you need to kind of couple with somebody who's a professional in the field. So she's helping, she's helping me out and she'll write the foreword. Would you consider a collab with your podiatrist? Yes, I would. <laughs> All right, for the sequel. As as long as I don't have to wait in that waiting room. <laughs> right, and smell right. the feet. Totally. <sighs> and smell the feet. I'll watch GH, but I won't smell the feet. <laughs> um, we cannot let you go without getting an update on your two adorable children, Natalia and Jameson. Give us the latest. Give us Thanks. the scoop. Well, I'm feeling really guilty today because I, I got really mad at them last night. Wow. And um, uh, this is, well, uh, because, uh, long, long story very short, you know, Natalia was sick the night before. I didn't get any sleep. Then I came here and I did a full day at work. She came to work with me. And granted, she didn't feel well, but it's a lot of, I'm bored. I turned down the TV and I'm like watching the feed so I know when I'm on. And it's a lot of, I want to watch this show, what, you know? And I'm like, Natalia, you cannot do that to me. You cannot do this to me at work. I'm actually working. Like she doesn't get, she kind of sees it as a super easy job. Right. And like, all you do is go on stage and like, and you know, just show be, up play <laughs> and yeah, I show up. Right. And so then we got home and there was a little bit of drama between them. And, and I was just like, enough, you guys put yourself to, to bed, enough, you know. And so I feel very guilty today. Did they cold shoulder you this but morning? They're, they're, no, well, I left. I had to get early for work. I left before they um, oh. were awake. But um, <laughs> I, they, they usually don't do that this young. I think that they start doing that as teenagers. They'll start cold shouldering me. Um, but they're both amazing. They're just, you know, they're, they're awesome. And, and, you know, and I'll, I'll look at my life and go, gosh, I don't, I don't socialize that much. You know, I spend like almost all the time with my kids. I don't have help. I have a really sweet girl who picks them up and takes them to school, you know, when I can't, when I'm working, but otherwise it's just me. And, um, I like it like that. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, I should be out time went on, you know, I should be out. Like, you know, looking for a rich man or something. I, I think I have come to terms. I have come to terms that I'm the rich man and I'm going to be my own rich man. Exactly. But, um, but, right. But I'm just like, you know, but I, when I'm away from them, I really miss, I really, I have so much fun with them. It's, they're my, they're, it's family. I mean, we're a really, we're a really not, a cool group. It's, it's a very, uh, you know, interesting dynamic. I'm doing a woman's show in October in Vancouver and I'm bringing them with me. 
you know, because I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to be away from them and build dig Vancouver. So why not? Yeah, sounds fun. Well, uh, we do love yeah. your Insta stories and their frequent guest star appearances in them. Um, so uh, you did mention 1994. So this marks 25 years um, since your Y&R debut. Uh, when you just think about the fact that here you are, you're back, you're playing this role. Like, what does this journey mean to you? It's so wild. It's actually... Um, it's actually a very interesting role uh, to play. So it means, I mean, it's so creative and they want it to be creative and they have a very definite opinion of who Phyllis is and how how it's going to go. So it seems like it's going to be really fun. And I think it's going to be very much how it was back in the day. I had even forgotten that Phyllis has always been a very humorous character, even though she's a nut and, and you know, for lack of a better word, a bitch. And, you know, uh, I, I, she's always been funny, always. And I'd forgotten that. And because the last few years I was playing it, it there, there wasn't a lot of humor written in it. And um, there was some, but not too much. And I'd forgotten, like, you know, the octopus in the bed and, you know, uh, a lot of funny and this stuff with Tim Reed. Like, it, there was a lot of comedy. And they're, they're really, really bringing Phyllis back to who she was, 94, 95, 96, all of those, you know, into the 90s and 2000s. Um, so I'm, I'm honored, truly honored to play it, really. Well, we certainly look forward to everything that's going to happen on screen. And we thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you, beautiful ladies. You have a wonderful day, and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Michelle Stafford for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.